Welcome humans, holograms, human-feline hybrids, and mechanoids to Scuttercast, your one-stop shop to all things Red Dwarf. This week, Episode 3, Balance of Power. Original broadcast date, 29th of February, 1988. Welcome to Scuttercast number 3. This week I'm joined by Nick. Hello. And Ian. Hello. Unfortunately, Andy and Anthony can't make it this week uh, due to other issues. Um, First of all, let's start with the synopsis from Nick. In this episode, entitled Balance of Power, Rimmer has hidden a list of cigarettes to ensure his obedience in making the ship spick and span. Cat finds the cigarettes, however, or shinies to him, so Rimmer shows him how to get fish in return for putting the cigarettes back. Meanwhile, Lister is sat about daydreaming of the past, of better times when all the crew were sat about partying. This then leads to him asking Rimmer to let him have Kachansky for four hours, to which Rimmer replies no. So Lister plots his revenge by telling Rimmer he's going to take the cook's exam, so he outranks Rimmer and can turn him off and get Kachansky turned back on. Rimmer, of course, is not happy about this and tries to stop Lister taking the exam, even to the point of disguising himself as Kachansky, but to no avail. Right, thanks very much. For me, this wasn't a very strong episode. I think I think it was also a very, very dark episode. It was. It kind of reflected what it was like being stuck on your own, and I think the characters, the, the characters showed loneliness. Lister looked upset where he sat in Parrot's Bar, and he, he's thinking of the times gone by and how he's missing all his friends. There's also the scene at the beginning where Rimmer is getting him. To, it, it looks like a stock check. He's doing the. 4,691 radiated haggis and again it's just Rimmer making him work on a Saturday night and he just looks very very bored and I think the honeymoon period's over and he's actually realising that he is alone, a very very dark episode Yeah, I, I agree with you there it, um, but other things are happening, it, it, it enforces um, Rimmer's personality his nastiness towards Lister Yeah you know, in, all, in the forcing him to do to be obedient by hiding his cigarettes, and all the way through the all the way through the film and uh, film episode, and trying to belittle him in every way he possibly can. But I think the cat in this episode, they seem to have thought of something at the last minute to feature the cat in this episode. Yeah. All he does very, all yeah. through the episode is eat fish. That's it. Then you get a fat cat at the end. It, there's, it's it's an addition, it's an afterthought as a cat in this episode. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think, to be honest, the episode could have quite easily been shot with the two characters. Um, there was very little of Holly, and there was very little of Cat. I think the only thing with Cat, it was used as a, a mechanism for showing that Rimmer had hidden them cigs and how many there were of them, etc., etc. And I agree with you, the cat and the fish being pushing the trolley of the cigs. It was... I wouldn't say forced as such, but I think it was just an additional to to maybe bump up the time on it. Yeah, do you think that's got anything to do with the BBC request and it to be more like a sitcom? It's more uh, try to avoid that. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, try to avoid maybe I don't know maybe a bit of the red dwarf humour. It's a it's not, it seems to be misplaced this episode. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I do agree. It, it looks like it does look like an. Uh, well, this episode is almost like a sitcom. You've got um, two almost like sibling rivalries. Uh, one wanting to be slobby, one wanting to be punctual, correct, uh, and doing the right thing, and forcing their each other on each other. Yeah, well, it, it shows the side of Lister, doesn't it, as well? The yeah. first side of Lister being sad. You, through the first two episodes, you see him as a bit of a party animal, don't you? And then yeah. you see him sitting at a parrot bath, going alone. It's just, it makes you think. Well, maybe Lister's not all the character that you think he is. Yeah, it is. It does show his um, his sadder side. I mean, to be honest, if you were in his position, when he went into stasis, he had all his colleagues with him, all his all his friends. He's now, well, he's now the last human. That would be very, very depressing. It would be for me, anyway. Yeah, I think it's that's that on that scene there. I think they've tried to make it um, seem like it's just dawned on him at that minute that he's actually is alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what they've gone for, haven't they? Yeah. Because then you've got the next scene where he's asking permission from Rimmer to, instead of having Rimmer's hologram, to have Kachansky's there just so he can have a, have a bit of female company. I mean, he's only asking like four hours of, of his life. But that then leads, obviously, Rimmer saying no because he's afraid he'll get switched off. Because, uh, again, they are sibling rivalries. And they are, I wouldn't say enemies, but um, to be honest, if you switched on Kachansky, there's no weed switch Rimmer back on, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took him well to the third episode to ask. <laughs> to me, I would have been right in there. Yeah, kept the chance to keep back on. I don't want him around. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You would. I mean, if obviously they knew there were hologram discs in the first place, then I mean, Holly's got no physical body. The cat wouldn't be bothered, and Rimmer can't do anything anyway. So I'd have just been switching the discs, me. Isn't it? Doesn't he say within the episode that um, he's hidden the hologram discs? Yeah, so I can only assume he's got the scutters to do his daily yeah, work for him. that's the only thing we can think of is the scutters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and remember that wasn't this meant to be the second episode? Yeah. But Future Echoes got slotted in its place. Yeah, I guess so. So I think it would have been a logical second episode. Yeah. And that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, definitely. And his little heartbroken face when Rimmer disguised himself as Kachansky and came in. And basically shot uh, Lister down in flames. You could see the despair on his face for a few seconds before yeah. he tweeted with Rimmer. That's probably the best scene within the episode. Yeah, I think. yeah, I agree. Basically, if if you haven't seen the episode, Rimmer actually comes in um, as he's a hologram. He can take on obviously the physical form of any of um, any of the characters, and he walks in to try and put Lister off doing his chef's exam um, in Kachansky's body, which is Lister's old love interest. Then walks in and says, "Yeah, you might as well stop doing this because I didn't fancy you anyway." Poor little Lister's heart just breaks there and then. Yeah, I've seen something you haven't, Squire. That's, <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when uh, Holly didn't put him back right, and he still had yeah. the... He still had the breasts. Yeah. Jesus no God. rush. No rushes, do <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, I thought the episode was quite poor, but there was also quite a few good lines in it. For example, it was the cat with the shiny things when he's pushing the trolley of cigarettes through the corridor. Yeah. And he's saying, yeah, this is my best catch of today, all these shiny things. Um, if anybody's got cats, they'll understand that cats really do like shiny things. I mean, I've got two here, and anything shiny is theirs. Yeah, and also checking how he looks every two seconds. Yeah, and, and again, anybody who's got a cat will know how, how vain. vain cats are, yeah. Yeah, well, the thing you noticed, not just in this episode, like maybe through the first series, 
2 and 3 as well. It's like the cat was very cat-like and he matures a bit through the, the later series, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I, I agree with you. I think what they were doing was like, right, be a cat, be very vain, be very selfish uh, and just do everything for yourself. But I think it thinks maybe evolved, not not evolved, but the influence of the humans probably around and probably changed them, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, another thing that I did notice about this episode, first time, you, when you've seen the flashback to the parrot's bow when they're all sat around having a drink, and you've got Lister sat with Peterson and Shelby and... Chen. Chen, that's it. Uh, Peterson's arm. I know why they've done it, and as you go through the episode, you see Rimmer with Peterson's arm due to this being a bit glitched. But how hairy it is! They've, it's they might as well just painted a big arrow and said, "Look at my arm; it's hairy." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's tried to um, maybe make the character seem a bit more like manly. Yeah, possibly. Um, plus, I, I think because when you do see Rimmer with Pitson's arm, you instantly know whose arm it is because it has just stood out so much. It looks almost like a yeti. It's that hairy. Um, yeah, that in the, um, the Chen, um, Shelby, and Peterson. They're a very, very um, t- a group of mates that you'd only associate with Lister, aren't they? They're, yeah, um, absolutely. Got his drinking buddies there. Um, was it? Isn't it Paul, Bad- Paul Bradley, um, David Gillespie, Mark Williams? And as Chen, Gillespie, and Peterson. Yeah, think, yeah. think that's right. I think you're right there. Yeah. Another another good scene that I did find in this when when Rimmer got up early and he's looking for Lister and he's a little bit afraid that he's going to go and take the exam. He goes searching for them and he, he goes into the uh, the cinema looking for Lister because that's where he normally spends his Sunday afternoon slobbing about. And there's the two scutters in there watching John Wayne, which <laughs> I thought was amazing. Um, but there's a second when. When Rimmer tries to strike his authority, and he's like, what are you two doing in here? And they just hold up, like, um, a dustpan and brush. And then uh, they do... I can only imagine it's uh, it's a glove puppet, how they've done it, but the scutters, if you haven't seen them, um, their, their nose is basically... Imagine two fingers and your thumb, and they spin it round to give him the Vs as he walks out. <laughs> which yeah. Is very yeah I, think, I think there's two different models there, isn't there? There's the ones that actually move about and then... There must be a hand puppet yeah. when he does stick two fingers up at him. Yeah. But it just shows Rimmer's authority on the ship. Yeah. It, like, or lack of authority. <laughs> yeah, he was talking to, when uh, Lisa was talking to Holly, asking him why Rimmer, and he's saying no one on the ship liked him, no one on the ship respected him, but he was the one, uh, Rimmer was the one Lister talked to the most. Yeah, and he's there to keep him sane, which that's what you see in the beginning of the episode because he's there getting him to do stuff on a Sunday night, uh, sorry, a Saturday night where he'd much pr- rather be partying and getting drunk. Um, he, he's doing a good job. He's keeping him sane. I think he's given someone to hate, Anthony, rather than the loneliness because yeah. like, he hates him, but it's company, isn't it? Keep him sane because I think the idea of him bringing Rimmer back rather than Kachansky was um, he found out that in the audiobooks that. Um, he had a bad time with Kachansky, didn't he, when they broke up? Yeah, he I was... I think it's trying to avoid that, isn't it? It's just trying to avoid that uh, maybe Kachansky finishing with him again. and maybe just him cut, Yeah, just cutting him up. Because if it, she was on the rebound, I believe, wasn't she? And he spent four weeks with her. And that was it. It was proper honeymoon period, four weeks, and then he was just game over. He fell in love with her, didn't he, yeah? Yeah, did she get then get back with her? No, no, she then started seeing somebody else, didn't she? He, he was just rebound material. I can't remember. I can't put my finger on who it was. No, I can't remember either. Um, 
I'll have a look. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be sitting in off all the rest of this podcast. Hang on, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah. And just shout at the last one. Ah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking about something totally yeah. different. Just a note to your listeners, then. If you did a random shout at the end of the podcast, that is me. <laughs> yeah. So that's extra information that's in the books, but not portrayed in the series, then? It is, yeah. It's in, in uh, The Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers. It's, um, again, I, I say this every podcast, but I'll get you the books, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to WH Smith to try and find them, but they didn't have them. Yeah. I tell um, you, can yeah, actually... The people... Sorry, you want... No, I was, I was just going to say, you can get them on iTunes, or you can get them on, like, Audible, or places like that, and yeah. you can get the audiobooks. Okay. Um, Took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was to say. <laughs> Finally, I'll I tell you what I did like about this episode as well. It, it did show how snidey the Rimmer was, and the desperation he would go to just to stop Lister getting promoted above him. I mean, because Lister was obviously going for the chef's exam, not something that required as much technical ability as going up to technician first class, but it still then outranked Rimmer. So Rimmer being very authority-based, he would then obey Lister, uh, because that's the way he is. And just just being how snidey he was, he was saying how friendly we are, and let's, what is it, uh, Rimsey and Lister. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it also shows how Rimmer, it's all bravado with him, it's his, it's how others see him as well. He he thinks that if he acts this brainy person like when the scutters were writing all his notes. Oh, about the quiz, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he just completely lost it. And then Lister walks in and suddenly starts spouting something else, sounding really technical. Yeah, I think the reason he just wanted to do it as well, maybe because the situation they're in now, we just list that on Rimmer aboard the ship. That, yeah. suits, that suits Rimmer, doesn't it? Because he's in, he's in command of... Well, the whole ship isn't he basically, and that's what that was his dream, isn't it? So I yeah. think he's trying to avoid Lister taking over. Yeah, so I guess in his head, he's he's actually the captain. He, he's achieved his lifelong goal of being the one in charge. For those who don't know Rimmer, Rimmer is the type of character who who would do anything to get to that position. You find yeah. that out later in the series, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his favorite saying, Rimmer's favorite saying is as the highest-ranking officer on this ship. You must say it every episode, if not a few times every episode. Yeah. I think it's, it's a good episode for a laugh. It's it's not the best episode, but, and it's definitely not one of the all-time greats, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I did not like it. I mean, as you said, there was there were a few good scenes in it, but personally, I thought it was kind of weak in comparison to some of the other episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's as I said before. I think it's just one of them episodes that yeah, I just can't put my finger on why I didn't really like it compared to the others. But it just missed something. Maybe there's a missing ingredient in there somewhere. That just yeah, I don't know, it's just missing something for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You think it because it was dark, not a dark episode, a down episode rather than a happy episode. Yeah, poss- think that could have been it. Possibly, because all the other ones, they've got, um, there's a lot of funny lines in there. I think yeah. what you've got is obviously one of your main characters, Lister. If, if you think about it, he's the last human, so everything does really revolve around him. Because he's down in it, I guess it takes everything else down and takes the tone down as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you're putting that man frame, aren't you, say, from the beginning? Yeah. So it's, it's a sad episode. It's, so like once you get through that, it's hard to see the comedy side, I think. Yeah, sure. The strangest thing is, I mean, this podcast that we're doing at the moment, I think we're we're 
discussed it really down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, because the yeah, other but... the other episodes, um, they've been quite laughy and jovial because, um, because that's what the episode's been like. Oh, very strange. Yeah, and no one wants to laugh at Rimmer because we all hate him. So, because <laughs> yeah. the main character's down, yeah. that's the way you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, scores. For me, I'm I'm going to give this a six. I don't think it was that strong. I think there wasn't really that much cat in it. I don't think there's that much holly in it, and it was quite a down episode. Um, there's nothing really bad about it. Um, I just don't think it's anywhere near as strong as any of the other episodes. Um, Nick? Thanks. Uh, I I probably go for a five. It's it's the cat. It just seems like it's an addition. I do like the, I do like Lister being down. You know, it's I know it's a comedy and all that, but. It shows uh, another side to him, but I don't know. It just didn't do it for me this episode, so yeah, a five. No problem. And what about you, Ian? Uh, yeah, I think I've gone for six too. Um, I don't know, like, you can probably tell from the podcast, there's not much to go off, is there? We're trying to talk about it, we've been trying to pick things out of it. It just doesn't seem like to be much in there for me. Yeah. It just wasn't a very strong episode. Um, yeah, so I am gonna think I'm going to stick with a, um, a six. Right, so that well, that's a that's a five, a six, and a six. That's well, call it fifty-seven percent. Um, not the best episode, uh, but well, possibly not the worst. But right, well, the next section is what's going down in Groovestown, where we discuss everything Red Dwarf. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Sheridan here. Go ahead. Sheridan, I Follow Commander David Sheridan as the Babylon 5 story is continued. Do you know how much we trust you? It's less than you imagine. With old friends. Always sleep with a knife under your pillow. And new enemies. The half human, half Minbari abomination. Just like me. It's time for Noble Babylonia. There is talk of a super weapon. Join the audio adventure. Left behind by the shadows. At Novo-B.com. All right, dudes. What's going down in Groove Town then? This is probably nothing to do with this this episode on the podcast. But who did you prefer, Claire Grogan or the Chloe? Uh, Claire Grogan. Claire Grogan. I prefer Claire Grogan. Yeah. I thought she was a lot more natural. Um, the other one is I don't know. Was there a reason why they never brought Claire Grogan back? Or Claire Grogan, at round about this time, started hit the big time as a singer, and she was in a film, wasn't she? So it might have been Claire Grogan. We Went on to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But no, I thought she was a better actor for it. Um, well, this was my personal opinion. Balance of Powers um, aired on the 29th of February 1988. The episode was remastered in 1998, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, again, I don't think... Well, I'm not a fan of the remastered, to be honest. No, the horrible CGI ship. The big yeah. red pencil. I just hate it. Hate it with a passion. Can't stand it. Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I'm not I'm not sure why they did it. Um, th- there was obviously a good reason why they did it. Un- unfortunately, I mean, I've done a lot of reading, and I don't understand why they did it. I, I, I can't see they had an audience for it. I, I know technology moved on, and it was like, oh, cool, we can do this now. But I believe it was maybe um, to suit the episodes on a more international base. Do you know what I mean? 
or a more international broadcast. Yeah, you're probably right, because I mean, I guess when it started off, it was just a pure um, cult TV series, low budget. Yeah, I guess you're right, if they were going to go international with it, then they had chuck some money at it and make it look all pretty, I guess. But, you know, seeing Blister walks through Rimmer. Yeah, again, they dim him down, don't they? Yeah, do, do they redo stuff like that in the digitally remastered stuff, so it looks better? I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, I watched I watched the modern digital remaster. I should say I watched the first season on digital remastered, and I watched it once, and I never watched it again. It annoyed me. Right. Yeah. It, that's. I don't know. I, I was. That's. I was speaking with my mates and saying, oh, you know, why don't you watch the remastered ones? And there's something about them. You just can't put your finger on them. It just doesn't. It just doesn't fit. I don't think it just doesn't feel like Red Dwarf to me when you're watching no, the no. remastered ship and. Some special effects they've kept, you know, the, the DVD releases, they decided against some of the remastered stuff, didn't they? Yeah. Especially with Series 1. I noticed in, like, the Future Echoes episode where they had the, um, the Flash appearing on the screen when they did it, Lightspeed, they weren't in the original, but That's they, right, did, yeah. they did keep the original model shots over yeah. the CGI. It's like, in, in, like, when they remastered Star Wars, it, it worked, didn't it? It wasn't, it didn't spoil the film. No, so what went on with uh, Red Dwarf? I think, personal opinion, I think it's just budget, really. I mean, if you think Lucas, he's got, well... Millions and millions and trillions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and these poor fellas can't even get... Um, well, they've struggled to get the film done, haven't they? Um, they can't even fund that. So never mind the special effects. Maybe they should just save the money from remastering 1, 2 and 3 and just throw that in a film. That would sold loads more. So what you're saying is that the... They didn't have a big enough budget for the digital remaster, so it was poor. Yeah, uh, very poor. Um, I'll, I'll try and find some for you, just so you can have a look. I was watching the latest Carpool, and it had David Baddiel on. He was on about how, how he was asked to audition for Lister. It was down to the uh, last two, and Craig Charles got it. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Mike Baddiel is Lister. I know that. Uh, to be honest, I think it it would it have worked, you know. No offense to David Bedil, but he does look like the type of person that Lister. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. I don't want. I don't want to say slob. <laughs> in case he <laughs> offends him. Just in, just in case he, he's listening somewhere. But you don't want to say slob, but I think yeah, it could have worked. Yeah. Well, apparently he was saying on the carpool that he was doing some kind of play, and I think it was Ed that was in the audience and he went to go see him and afterwards he pulled him one side and said hey would you we're doing the, we're going to start doing this show would you mind auditioning for um, one of the characters and he got all the way down to the last two and obviously he didn't get it so Craig Charles did was that Ed Bye was it it, it was yeah. yeah but Deal doing anything else at the time apart from the play I mean was he on telly or anything I don't know uh, I mean to be honest uh, I, I don't know that much history about him but I think this would have been back in 80, 87, 88 when they were when they were initially doing the auditions, so yeah. I, I don't know what time. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't researched, to be honest. I, I don't know what David Leal's timeline was. But. No, uh, I mean I know where Lister came from. He was a, a poet, wasn't he? Yeah. Didn't he do the thing with um? Was it Wogan? Was it or something? Someone, someone old. I know that. He was on this. <laughs> he was on this show doing poetry, wasn't he? Well, to be honest, uh, going yeah. back many, many moons, um, I, I must have been 
in my early 20s, I actually went to see Craig Charles. He was at the uh, Huddersfield Town Hall, and there was a, he, he was doing a show there. And basically, it was just him reading poetry and doing, like, um, doing like stand-up comedy. Is he good yeah. at stand-up, or is he? I can't really remember, because it was a while back. But I, I do remember laughing, but I, I, I didn't know he did poetry back then. And it was just like, so, so why is he doing poetry? Is this part of the gag? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of his poetry wasn't comedy poetry, was it? it no, was... it wasn't. He was, he was quite serious. Yeah, he was, he was a quite a good poet. But done in his Skelly Scouse voice was um, kind of bizarre. I do remember at one point he was walking around with his pants around his ankles, and I don't really no, <laughs> I mean not fully around his ankles. He had um, he had like underwear on. But it was just like it was something to do with the the poem he was reading. But I remember, well, the memory's not that good. It was nearly like fifteen years ago. I'm sure he did a stand-up set on telly as well. Yeah, I think he did. They have they all come from us from our, um stand-up background, have they? Because well, I know Norman and Norman Levetta, didn't he? He was a stand-up comedian, wasn't he? He was a stand-up. I know um, I know. Chris Barry did um, a lot of voice work in the past because um, he did he did a lot of voices on Spit and Image, didn't he? That was on yeah. Tonight. Yeah, it was. A full night of it. Was, is that what you put it on Twitter, was it, Nick? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Chris Barry was Britas Empire and all that after a lot ta- a long time after Red Dwarf. Or was I? I thought it was the reason why he wasn't in Thirty Seven as much. It was because yeah, of Britas Empire. I think there was an overlap because didn't Britas Empire? I, I don't know. I'm sure it ran for about five years, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did run for a long time. Yeah, seven Did it run for? I think yeah. Yeah, so obviously doing one than doing the other. That that must have taken some doing. He did something else as well, didn't he? Well, he's done like Chris Barry's massive engines and massive machines, but they're recent times. They were, yeah, they were a lot later on, weren't they? They were quite recent-ish. Yeah. Did everybody ever, ever be on the Chris Barry official site? Nope. No, I went on it, oh, it must have been, what, about two years ago, and like, there's pictures of him, you know, posing, like, you know, with his arms out and that. Really? Just, yeah, I just, I hope it was the official site anyway, and I hadn't stumbled on someone's... Some <laughs> <laughs> weird fetish site. Yeah, he was in the young ones, wasn't he? On maybe one or two episodes, I think. There were a lot of people in the young ones, weren't there? Alexis Sale, he was in it constantly. Yeah, there was even Norman Lovett in one, wasn't there? He was um, in the bank scene when they were doing the hold-up. Yeah, yeah. I believe um, that was um, Jake, wasn't it, who posted on the forum. Ah, uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think the only reason I watched um, Laura Croft was because Chris Barry was in it, and it was nothing to do with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't grow up playing Tomb Raider? Oh, um, of course I did. PlayStation One. That's all I used to play. Yeah. So when they said they were announcing a film as <laughs> Tomb Raider, <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, Chris Barry's in there." Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, Chris Barry's in this." <laughs> Um, what about you, Ian? Um, any updates on what's going going on with the new episode? Um, well, recently, over the past week, um, there hasn't been much of new material on the update. Mm. There's been an interesting story that was posted over on the Dave website, which is um, dave.uktv.co.uk, which features uh, um, blogs, with the first two blogs feature um, Chris Barry and Craig Charles. Yeah, um, Craig Charles does slate the cast quite on that, saying... Um, 
for the past four years that's done nothing only because he's been on Coronation Street. Yeah. But uh, other than that, there's been that. Um, um, yeah, well, Red Dwarf is gonna rumored to be featured on the front cover of the Radio Times TV guide next week. It's either gonna be that or the Doctor Who specials. Okay. But I'm not too sure. Isn't there um, the Doctor Who specials the week later after the Red Dwarf? I yeah. think it is. So I'm hopefully thinking we're gonna get a, a front cover on the Radio Times next week. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. It, it's more than likely gonna be a picture that's posted already. But yeah, um, yeah. it's still getting a bit more coverage for the new specials. Um, the, the, oh, the big news that was posted today that um, we found out that the new specials are going to be three parts, obviously. But Dave run a forty-minute time slot, don't they? Yeah. But it was posted that um, each episode lasts twenty-three minutes. Okay. But with the recent editing, they've actually upped part one to sorry, up part two and part three to forty minutes each, oh, rather, rather than the, the, the original twenty-three minutes. So effectively, we're getting twenty more minutes. Of Dwarf. So it's like another new episode. Yeah, that's a film, isn't it? Yeah, okay, so the back-to-back three episodes will now effectively be a film if you watch them back-to-back. Um, one website I do encourage all Dwarf fans to look out for is the Space Corps Directives website, which is quite long, so I'll read out here now. It's all the W's, um, Space Corps Directive 98247.co.uk. Um, over the past couple of days... So was you going to say something then? No, I was just going to say, um, obviously, if you don't have a pad and pen ready, we, you can get that information from the site notes um, yep. that Aurea has been updating on the reddwarfforum.com. Yeah, of course, all this information that we're giving you now is available on the Red Dwarf Forum. Um, but keep up to date with that. Put your um, an email subscription passcode in, and every day you get emails from the cat which gives you a um, four-digit passcode and gives you new information. Um, I think the new update today was that, um, the information on the, the episodes being extended to 40 minutes, but Brilliant. it is a daily thing. Um, one, thing for, one Red Dwarf thing for me, which we haven't mentioned in the past couple of episodes, is going back and listening um, and watching the DVDs just to get a refresher how good the menus were um, for a DVD menu system. I thought it was fantastic. When it starts off, it comes in the airlock all the way in, and then you open you open the airlock depending on which episode you want. Very, very good. And then when you obviously you stick the, the special disc in there as well, got all the different animation, uh, depending on where you, where you want to look, and then obviously you can find your Easter eggs by clicking through. I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, you do get a lot, a lot for your money off these DVDs. Um... That are, the best thing about the special, the special features you get on the DVDs has got to be the making of. Not, not so much the making yeah. of, it's like the character, characters' reviews on each episode. Yeah. I, I sometimes watch them more than the actual episodes. Yeah. I mean, even on, um, I think it's on season 7 DVD, you've even got an entire episode. Um, is it, or is it Identity Within? Uh, which yeah. is a total missing episode. That's the episode they were thinking about too, is it? An episode based around the cat. Yeah, because. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the first time the cat gets laid? Um, yeah, I would. Have, I would have loved to see that episode. That, that sounds really, really weird. Huh? <laughs> I was. I was. About, I was about to say that before you said the cat gets laid. Yeah, Just no, get it, that out before anyone thinks. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, but the episode itself is a very, very good episode. I mean, I've I've watched it in audio form because on, on the DVD you've got it voiced by Chris Barry then it's done I think it's just in, in the storyboard format so you've just got the um, line art drawing uh, yeah. very good episode 
think it carries on from like the same format that in the audiobooks, the first two audiobooks. Absolutely, yeah. Because I think it itself is like 42, 43 minutes long, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 42 minutes long. Welcome to the Parrot's Bar, the place you can drink a curry-flavoured tequila slammer that burns on the way in and on the way out. Um, is, any, is everybody available on the bank holiday Monday? Yes. Yep, don't see a piano. Might, might be drunk, but I'll be available. Yeah, I might be drunk too. Yeah, we can do a drunk yeah. podcast, that'd be interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying I might, because it's probably 99% of will be, so... <laughs> I'll probably be sitting even with the bottle, with the bottle probably. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I cannot. Wait. I, basically, last night um, we recorded um, the North Babylonia podcast and also the Fiction Shed podcast, the other stuff that uh, I do. Um, I've got a bottle of homebrew wine left, so I'll, <laughs> I'll crack that open. I tell you, I had, I had ha- I had a glass of that, and this stuff is strong. I mean, it's like silly strong. And I had one glass of that and I were a bit all tipsy and shit. And then I thought, right, before I start recording the podcast, I'll go and have another glass. I cannot <laughs> remember recording them. I have no idea what was said. <laughs> you know you know this this un, unwritten rule about not on a school night? Yeah. I popped out to the pub last night and I... Just enough, just enough to be happy. Yeah. Right? Came home and there was some beer left from Saturday night, so I drank it all. Didn't go to bed till about half past twelve. Pissed. I'm getting I'm getting a nightmare for it on a Friday. Uh, sorry, my my weekend seemed to consist of I'll get home from work on a Friday, I'll start drinking, I'll drink for most of Saturday and most of Sunday, and it's like you don't care. And then Monday you spend the day with an entire bloody hangover. Yeah, I, I didn't get I woke up I got I don't go to bed till one o'clock this today. <laughs> one o'clock. <laughs> right. Wake up, just wake up and you just think, oh no, I've just wasted a whole day. Yeah, really. <laughs> So this podcast on Bank Holiday Monday, we'll do it like early afternoon, shall we? That'd be a good idea, yeah. <laughs> old babbling wrecks. Um, right, um, seeing as Anson is not with us um, this week due to internet problems, um, I'm going to plug the episode for him, or should I say the other podcast for him. Um, for me, uh, this is this is a personal suggestion. I'm going to go with Here Goes Nothing. It's basically a an almost weekly podcast which is Boz, Dave, and plus whichever guest they have, just basically sat around having a having a chat about what they've gone through that week. It's been everything from TV themes to uh, their embarrassing moments, and it's a very, very good listen. It, it's one of those you can just pop your headphones on and away you go. Very, very good. You can find them over at Podbean. It's I believe the URL is heregoesnothing.podbean.com but there again it's it's going to be on the show notes if you go into the reddwarfforum.com and click on forum there's a section there for the podcast and you'll find all the show notes there Anthony has been very good doing the show notes and he's to be honest he, he might as well have just written down every single word we've said because that's as <laughs> much as they are um, it, it takes quite uh, just about as long to read them as it does listen to the episode but very very good um, all information's there um, and finally you can follow us on Twitter um, it's at Red Dwarf Forum there you'll get any updated feeds from any of the new episodes that's coming up and basically any forum updates yeah that is the first feed you'll get to notice to, him to notify you of the new releases of Scuttercast 2 yeah, absolutely, because um, we'll post the links on there. 
depending on which one you've downloaded, there is an enhanced one and there is an MP3 only version. Both can be found on Podbean, both of them can be found on iTunes, and both of them can be found at the direct links on reddwarforum.com. Probably, I'd like to say thanks to everyone who gives the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have had positive and we have had negative feedback. Both, well, both very useful. Because if people are saying you're doing a rubbish job, you ought to do this, then we take that and we learn from it. Um, Hopefully you found from this episode that we have taken on board a lot of the comments that you've given us um, and been a little bit more verbose about the comments we've given instead of just sat around saying, oh, I like this bit and I like that bit. Um, We're trying to... We're trying to paint a picture for people who haven't seen that many Red Dwarf episodes or maybe they have seen them when they were originally aired back in 88 and, to be honest, they've, they've, well, they've slept since. So, yeah, thank you very much for the comments. Um, yep. uh, as expected, we have positive, we have negative uh, feedback, um, but we do take both on board. So keep up with both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give a... Um... A little thank you to Gizmo as well from the forum, who did who's done a lot of plugging on our um, live journal website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, any publicity we get from anyone, anyone who retreats on the Twitter website, we are very, very thankful. Yeah, thank you very much to all the new people that are listening, and I hope you're enjoying it. And again, any feedback you want to give us, uh, you can email us at scuttercast at redwarforum.com or pop into the forum on redwarforum.com or even on the Podbean site itself, or or even iTunes. Just pop on, put a comment on. Um, yeah, so Nick, if you'd just like to give us the little outro, and uh, we'll get this finished for you. Okay, well, the next episode that we're going to do is called Waiting for God. So tune in and listen next week. Yep, see Bye. you all next week. Bye.